have coming soon. In your precious name, amen. Amen. Again, you're tuning in to the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. Big Batista, Nathan Jones. Again, as we're looking at Zechariah chapter 13, a verse-by-verse -verse study in biblical prophecy. And today's program is sponsored by... Calvary Chapel La Ventura, Calvary Chapel Broward, and the Truth Will Set You Free Ministry. And you can find more information here on www.twave.tv. Also want to encourage those of you that are watching us live via tweetcasting.tv, Facebook, and our various social networks. Feel free to post your questions or your comments uh, for Nathan Jones or myself there. And of course, also if you want to text in a question or a comment, the local number is 321-END-TIME. 321-363-8463 or 305-992-9537. If you find yourselves in the Hollandale Aventura area, we'd love for you to drop by and check out these wonderful ministries in Calvary Chapels. Sundays at 9 a.m. in Spanish and 11 a.m. in English. And Wednesdays at 7.30, the truth will set you free. Once we invite you out to be part of their Bible study, they're located at 1000 Foster Road, Hollandale, Florida, 33009. So we hope to see some of you. And of course, again, want to encourage those of you that support Christian movies. Go check out the movie Voiceless coming out October 7th. Google it. Find it. It's going to be incredible about pro-life so we can support the, com the Christian community. And of course, before we continue, I'm going to welcome Nathan Jones to our program. Nathan, always a pleasure to have you on. Always a pleasure, brother. Thank you for having me on. It's always exciting to hear your voice on the other end, Nathan, all the way from Texas, you know? Yeah, yeah. Got to get through a lot of rain and storms through Louisiana to get to us. <laughs> every week, Nathan. But we're excited, Nate, because God, every week, he's always doing some incredible things there at Lamb and Lion, the way that he uses you uh, in, in so many uh uh, ways to reach uh, people all over the world. So, Nate, maybe for someone who's new to the program, would you be able to share a little bit about the ministry there and your contact information? Well, Land and Line Ministries is a Bible prophecy teaching ministry. Our mission is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. And we do that in quite a number of different ways. One mainly is our television program, Christ in Prophecy, which can be found on all the major Christian networks and, of course, our website at lamblion.com and christandprophecy.org. There you'll find uh, many of our videos. We've got short videos, too, like the Bible Prophecy Insights and the Inbox yeah. videos. We have many articles uh, written by our uh, senior evangelist, Dr. David Reagan. Sign up for our newsletter. We've got social networks and blogs every day and Facebook groups. And, brother, we want people to get excited about the Lord's soon return. So there's a wealth of Bible prophecy teaching information on our website. Check it out, lamblion.com or Ooh, I love it. Thank you so much. And Nathan, also here we're displaying uh, this incredible book that uh, came out not too long ago. And the author of the book is Nathan Jones and Steve Howell. Can you talk to us about this? <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, that is a book that uh, Steve Howell, uh, who's a pastor up in Kansas, and myself wrote of 12 Faith Journeys of the Minor Prophets. We believe strongly that the minor prophets have messages that are relevant for us today concerning having a stronger faith in God. Each of the minor prophets had to deal with a challenge to their faith, and so uh, we thought that those lessons were very important for us today. You know, what do you do when government has failed? What do you do when we're facing certain victory? What do you mean we just don't feel like it anymore? Mm. You know, what about uh, suffering loss? All those things that challenge our faith, and each of the minor prophets discovered how to overcome that challenge. Mm, excellent. So we want to encourage those of you that are watching and listening. 
get a hold of this incredible resource. As, uh, as That's part of what we do here is share resources so that you can grow in your knowledge and your relationship with Jesus Christ. So, Nathan Jones, thank you so much for sharing that with us. And uh, also, uh, there are Lamb Lion Ministries. You guys, uh, again, do a lot of wonderful conferences. So people that... Uh, throughout the United States of America can be part also of these incredible conferences. And Nathan, you also travel from time to time, right? You're able to go sometimes and share uh, different conferences around the United States of America? Yeah, yeah. Uh, all the evangelists on staff here do travel, uh, not only here but overseas, and uh, to share the gospel with any church or conference that would like to have us. Uh, if you want to book a conference with any of our speakers, just go to our website, lamblion.com, and uh, God check for booking and that uh, they'll have some information there as well. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Nathan Jones. And again, we pray that you have taken advantage of all those resources and information so that you can also grow in the knowledge of biblical prophecy and also on the soon return of Jesus Christ. So Nathan, you and I have been making our way through, uh, again, this incredible book of Zechariah. Nathan, I'm, I'm like feeling a little bit bummed out because we're almost finishing the whole thing. This chapter and chapter 14 will be done, which is what? the book of the Bible, the Old Testament, is considered the Apocalypse of the Old Testament, a, a book that uh, resembles Revelation in the New and very much Daniel in the Old. Absolutely, and we're so excited because each week when we open up uh, these different chapters, the Holy Spirit just begins to reveal so much there in biblical prophecy. So, Nate, before we go to chapter 13, would you be able to recap for us a little bit on chapter 12? Maybe someone wasn't part of last week's program. Well, we finished uh, one section, chapters 9 through 11, and it's an oracle about the rejection of the Lamb. It's about Jesus' first coming and how when he would come at his first coming, he would be rejected and killed for the sins of the world. Now we're in a new section, a second oracle, called the Acceptance of the Lion. It's chapters 12 through 14. And this is about Jesus' second coming mm. and his victory over his enemies. Ooh, absolutely. Thank you so much, Nathan. That is uh, powerful there. And yeah, if you can take us through chapter 13, that will be fantastic. Okay, this is the second of three chapters in the section about the acceptance of the Lamb. And it's got some amazing Bible prophecies in it. Yeah. First, we have to get through some uh, a little weird stuff, but uh, the first <laughs> section is verses 1 through 6. And if I can call the Bible weird, it is. This section is a little weird, so you're praise yourself. In that day, a fountain shall be opened for the house of David and for the inhabitants of Jerusalem, for sin and for uncleanness. It shall be in that day, says the Lord of hosts, I will cut off the names of the idols from the land, and they shall no longer be remembered. I will also cause the prophets and the unclean spirit to depart from the land. It shall come to pass that if anyone still prophesies, then his father and mother who begot him will say to him, You shall not live because you have spoken lies in the name of the Lord. And his father and mother who begot him shall thrust him through when he prophesies. And it shall be in that day that every prophet will be ashamed mm. of his vision when he prophesies. They will not wear a robe of coarse hair to deceive, but he will say, I am no prophet. I am a farmer for a man taught me to keep cattle from my youth. And one will say to him, What are these wounds between your arms? And he will answer, Those with which I have wounded was wounded in the house of my friends. Wow, Nathan, that's a, you know... <laughs> When you say weird, and, and, and you and I know the Bible's not necessarily weird, but it uses different forms to uh, explain certain things, such as the book of Revelation, right, Nathan? That's why people get weirded out, but it's just another form of writing to help uh, the individual understand, and sometimes it's typology or imagery. So uh, some of it, that's what you meant by weird. Yeah, 
Well, yeah, and you got to know where, where this fits in the context. Yes. Uh, the context, at the time of Zechariah's time, the Jewish people returned from exile, they were rebuilding the temple, and the Jewish people were cast out of the land by God for a number of reasons, uh, obviously their open rebellion and sin, but also because of idolatry. They continued Absolutely. to disobey God and chase after false idols. So he promised them that after they were exiled out of Israel, they would return and they would no longer chase after idols anymore. And that's what happened. The Jewish people came back. They had no taste for idolatry anymore. But now, that was a pre-fill, a precursor of the ultimate fulfillment when the Jewish people will finally give up all idolatry, and that includes secular humanism. Mm. Matter of fact, uh, in Israel today, there's six million or so Jewish people in Israel. Eighty-five percent are humanists. Isn't Incredible. Eighty-five percent. And that's an idol as well. It's putting mankind up in place of God. But God promises, and especially in the text, when Jesus returns, mm -hmm. that the Jewish people will no longer chase after idols anymore, yes. nor will they listen to false prophets. Nathan, that's a good point you're making. Again, I just visited uh, Israel not too long ago, and you've been there numerous times, and it's amazing to see that in the land. And you think these are supposed to be, you know, holy people, and then always with the book in their hand, but we find they're very much like us in the U.S. <laughs> yeah, it's funny how many people will go to Israel, and, and they expect everyone's going around, and they're praying to Jesus. Right, exactly. And, you know, it's like some—they call it the Holy Land. Well— it's the it's, holy land, but it's the holy land <laughs> that, as Ezekiel 36 and 37 prophesied, that the Jewish people would return as a nation from the dead. Right. And as a nation, they've been dead since 70 A.D., but in 1948, they became a nation again. But the bodies reformed, but the spirit isn't in them. In chapter 13, we'll go mm -hmm. on to tell, explain how the Jewish people need the spirit of the Lord and a love yes. for, for God, a love for his son, Jesus Christ. They don't have that now, but they will have it in the future mm. after they have gone through what a time period called the tribulation. Good point. You know, Nathan, we were actually looking at one of your Bible prophecy insights there, that Ezekiel video of the bones coming back together and the spirit, right, Nathan, uh, breathing in them. And right now we have a form of religiosity there in Israel, but this is not true worship. It isn't. And the United States, I the West is pretty much the same. Our churches are Absolutely. dissolving. Uh, an yep. article came out recently about uh, white evangelicalism is, is dying in the United States, uh, meaning that our roots in the United States, of course, are, are immigrants from Europe who happen to be Caucasian, and they brought the gospel with them. Right. And not only is the demographics changing, and you know, that's great. You know, different immigrants come from around the world. Mm -hmm. The white part's changing, but the evangelicalism should never change. The gospel should never change. As the foundation of our country, that's vital, and we're losing that as a country as we chase after the god of secular humanism, where we put yeah. ourselves up only as to be worshipped and not God. And yeah. The Jewish people have fallen for that. That's their new idol. But at this future time period, mm -hmm. they won't chase after that idol anymore. Oh, praise the Lord for that, Nathan. And I have to say that we definitely are living in the me generation where we have put ourselves in so many ways in the place of God and uh, we noticed television media they help a little bit in making us focus on ourselves right <laughs> <laughs> oh it's all about us advertising is all about us you know what can we get out of life uh, yeah. you know what's in it for me we become selfish man we wouldn't have the problems in this country if everybody wasn't so selfish and always thinking about themselves 
if we loved our neighbor as ourselves, what yes. a different country we live in. Oh, Nathan, and that's why I was saying, you know, uh, there's so many beautiful opportunities, but the enemy is so crafty in us becoming self-focused, uh, in a sense, psychologizing of the faith. And we forget that, you know, we're called to lay down our lives for others. We're called to evangelize and reach the lost. But it seems that in, in this popular culture, uh, it seems like we're so more focused on how many Facebook friends we have following personally <laughs> than following Jesus. <laughs> And we all fall for it. There's just no doubt. And we don't put God up as number one in our lives. He's back there yeah. at number four or number five if, if you're devout. But yeah. really, God should be number one in our lives. Yes. And that was the problem the Jewish people had. They were chosen by the Lord to represent him, to be. He would lavish his love on them, and they would love him back. Yes. In return, the world would know about God. And they didn't do it. That's it. human nature, man. We always put ourselves first. So the idolatry of, of humanism continues with the Jewish people, mm. and God's going to cut it off. Amen. Now, he's also, the context is, is that we're talking about the millennial kingdom. When Jesus comes and he sets up his kingdom for a thousand mm. years on this earth, there will be no need for a prophet anymore. Yes. So these weird verses about, you know, uh, your parent killing a child when he speaks lies and prophecies, and the, the friends killing them for, right. for lying, it... If there's no need, there will not be the position of prophet during the millennial kingdom because Jesus will be here ruling and reigning in person. There'll be no new revelation. Mm. So if there's anyone who is a prophet during the millennial kingdom, they are a false prophet. They are evil and uh, they will be judged. And that's what this chapter is talking about. Nathan, uh, talk to us a little bit about the millennial kingdom. I've really been doing a lot of research, putting things together because there's very little... Uh, known about the millennial kingdom and a lot of Christians are very confused they really don't understand our purpose the function what's going to be going on in the millennial kingdom and we need to clarify that a little bit Nathan right because Jesus is going to rule uh, the ultimate judge King David there and crime is not going to be as it is right now things are going to happen much quicker quick uh, quick clear I don't know if I said that right faster <laughs> And even evil is going to be judged. And if there's anyone rising up as a false prophet, it's going to be dealt with right away in the millennium. Well, the Bible teaches uh, a lot about two major subjects. The day of the Lord, which is the seven-year tribulation, as Daniel tells us, seven years, yes. where God will come and Jesus will put uh, 21 judgments upon the world. And the world will either choose Satan or choose Jesus. Those who choose Jesus, when he returns at the end of those seven years, will be allowed to live on into what's called the Millennial Kingdom. As Revelation 20 tells us six times, it's a 1,000-year kingdom. It's the utopia that mankind has always wanted but never been able to get because of our fallen nature. It's where Jesus rules and reigns with peace, righteousness, and justice from Jerusalem. And the world is a whole different place. The curse is partially lifted. Satan and his demons are bound so they can't influence us. And you get to go in, to Jerusalem and talk to Jesus face to face. It, it's a wonderful, wonderful time. Amen. And so during that wonderful, wonderful time, uh, evil will not be tolerated very much. This, right. The Bible says that Jesus will rule with a rod of iron. In other words, there won't be endless years of lawyers and fighting and appeals <laughs> cases. Jesus can look at our hearts and he knows exactly what the people are thinking and doing. Exactly. And so he will rule with a rod of iron. Ooh. And Nathan, thank you for clarifying that for us. And people need to recognize this. This is why the millennium is going to be such a beautiful place, almost like a, a utopia. And we're looking forward to that. So thank you for clarifying that for us. We also want to thank those of you that are tuning in live via Facebook, Twitcasting, various social networks. Again, you're tuning into the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy. 
TV Radio Edition, Vic Batista and Nathan Jones as we're looking at Zechariah chapter 13. And for those of you that are posting your questions or your comments, Nathan Jones, here's a question for you from Dominic Ramirez. And he says, I'm wondering if we are one country that shall be turning against Israel in the prof in, in the prophecy. Can you talk to us a little bit about that for Dominic? Well, that's a good question. Uh, last week, as we covered Zechariah 12, just go one chapter back, and Zechariah 12 tells us that all the nations of the world will turn against Israel. All the nations. So that means that one day the United States will join in with the Antichrist Empire, the exactly. global empire, and all the nations of the world will try to destroy Israel in the hopes of Satan's hope of thwarting Jesus' plan of coming back and ruling from Jerusalem. Mm. And we will get more into that in chapter 13 about how Jesus reacts to that. Yes. But uh, yeah, go back to chapter 12, and then next week when we get to chapter 14, that has a lot about how all the nations of the world mm. will turn against Israel. And brother, we are seeing the United We're States more and more leave its yes. historical support of Israel and turn against Israel. There's even talk of President Obama not vetoing the French initiative to create wow. a Palestinian state in Israel after the elections this November, which would, uh, the UN would then force Israel to give up half its land to the Palestinians to give them a country when they've already been promised a country by the UN, and that's the Jordan, which won't let the Palestinians in across their borders. So mm -hmm. you want to talk about about the persecution of the Palestinians, it's the Muslims who are persecuting the Palestinians. Yeah. So America is leaving its foundational support of Israel. Right. And the next two candidates that are running for president, both Clinton and Trump, even though um, Trump you know, gives Israel lip service, both of them aren't really strong on support of Israel either. So, hmm. brother, I think it's only going to get worse. Yeah. So, again, Dominique, I hope that helped you. And, and, again, we thank the rest of you that are watching and listening there via live, whether it's Twitcasting or Facebook. Yeah, continue to uh, post your questions and your comments. Nate and I will pause. We'll try to answer those as best as we can. But thank you so much, Nathan Jones. And that's the reality. Bible prophecy is lining up. America is not going to be a superpower, right, Nate? And that's hard for some of us to swallow. It is. I mean, we're already starting to see America lose its esteem and power self-willingly. I mean, we don't have to lose our esteem and power. Good point. We're kind of committing political suicide and yeah. making it happen. But we know, too, that when the Antichrist, uh, the rapture of the church happens, the Antichrist comes on the scene, he promises to fix the world, and all the countries give up their sovereignty to him. Mm. And so we know that the Bible says that the Antichrist will rule the world one yes. day. Now, many of the nations, of course, get, there are nations that will refuse, and he defeats them militarily, and we read that in the uh, second seal judgment in Revelation chapter 6. Excellent. So that will also happen as well. But by the end, the Antichrist will rule all the world but Israel, and he'll spend the last half of the tribulation trying to destroy Israel and will even conquer Jerusalem. Mm, excellent point. Thank you so much, Nathan. Nate, also, if I can hone in on verse... Uh, uh, as we're looking at uh, there, Zechariah 13, 6. And one will say to him, What are these wounds between your arms? Then he will answer, Those with which I was wounded in the house of my friends. Can you talk to us about that verse? How about you explain it to me? Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Nathan. I love the way you turned that around on me. <laughs> Actually, Clearly you have an answer there. I'd like to hear what you think. That is awesome. Well, Nate, you know, when we look at Jesus Christ, one of the things that we notice is throughout all eternity, the work that he did at the cross for us will never be forgotten. And uh, we notice when he died and he rose from the dead, one thing that we saw that were clearly still on his resurrected body were these marks. 
And uh, as we're looking at there, I remember when Thomas, right, Nathan, when he resurrected and Thomas didn't believe in him, doubting Thomas, and he wanted to uh, touch the Lord. And he says, come, right? And he touched and he put his hands in his nail prints. And it, isn't that amazing? So when I look at verse 6 here, we notice that those were the wounds uh, uh, that, that uh, you know, as a friend of, we are a friend of Jesus and he's our friend as well. And through all eternity, we'll see his marks of love in his body. way of looking at it. I would have interpreted chapter 6 on verse 6 that way, but uh, yeah, that, that could point to Jesus. Exactly. And that's why I asked you that one, because when we look different uh, commentaries, they hone in on these little verses. So that's why I wanted for you to share as you're sharing with us also from that millennial point of view, you know? Yeah. I mean, if, if we look at if, if this is the context of <clears throat> four and five, it's talking about people who are false prophets that's during the millennial kingdom and how they will be treated. Uh, the law will be against them and, and they will be likely killed or wounded. So if this him, which is a lower case, is part of the context, it's still talking about the guy who's going around saying that he's a prophet of God and speaking for Jesus, but when Jesus never gave him the words to speak. So the wounds could be punishment wounds mm. for his uh, transgression against the Lord. But uh, awesome. surprisingly, and we'll get this a little later, there are some verses here that the Lord does prophesy his first and second coming, and you look at him like, Really? It's <laughs> out of context. But Jesus himself, uh, I'll, I'll go right to verse 7. That's one of them. Away goes the Lord against my shepherd, against the man who is my companion. Uh, Says the Lord of hosts, strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered, and I will turn my hand against the little ones. And you're like, oh, okay. So <laughs> the shepherd strikes and all. But Jesus says this verse is, is a quote about when Jesus is arrested before he's put on trial and right. crucified how the apostles all ran away. I mean, they didn't support him other than Peter. They all ran away. And, and this is a prophecy the Bible says, the gospel says, fulfilled when that happened. And in this context, it looks like it doesn't seem to fit a uh, it, about well, Jesus' first coming, but yet Jesus said this verse is a prophecy. So go figure, right? They, well, and Nathan, that's okay if we, if we jump into a little controversy. I hope we can still be friends, you know? But but as we read, as we read these verses, that's why we're discussing them, right, Nathan? And we we welcome people's questions and comments and input. But there are certain things that sometimes you read a biblical prophecy and you go, "How does that go in there? Or, or how does that fit in there?" You know? So, yeah, yeah. Uh, now eight and nine is is extremely very pointed because we have a lot of other prophecies corroborating it. And verse 8 starts, And it shall come to pass in all the land, says the Lord, that two-thirds in it shall be cut off and right. die, but one-third shall be left in it. I will bring the one-third through the fire, will refine them as silver is refined, and test them as gold is tested. Then they will call They will call on my name, and I will answer them. I will say, This is my people. And each one will say, The Lord mm. is my God. Ooh. Now this is an incredible passage, because it... it it reflects Joel and other verses uh, in the Bible that talk about how, during the day of the Lord, the seven-year tribulation, how the Jewish people will fare. And the Antichrist will create another holocaust exactly. and will wipe, <clears throat> excuse me, wipe out two-thirds of the Jewish people. There are 12 million Jewish people about in the world today. So what's two-thirds? Wow. Well, two-thirds of 12 million, Nathan, I want to say at least four million or more Jews. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, that would be who is left, right? About three to four million. So two-thirds, about nine million will be killed. 
but one-third will be a remnant. Now, it's interesting, throughout the Jewish history, there was always a remnant that the Lord protected, even if it was such a tiny little amount, like during Elijah's time, mm -hmm. the Lord has always protected a faithful remnant, and that faithful remnant will get to live on into the Millennial Kingdom. And during the Millennial Kingdom, God will call them, this is my people, and they will say, the Lord is my God. Nathan, I'm so glad you clarified that, because I sad to say, but I mean, when you think about the Holocaust, Hitler, right? And how many Jewish people lost their lives that's why it's mind-boggling for a modern-day Jew to want to accept this uh, biblical prophecy because they cannot fathom something like that happening again, and even worse. Well, when you think about the Jewish people continually being persecuted and annihilated with Holocaust, but there's 12 million, that's it, in the whole world, 12 million. I mean, that, you can't even geek out a country yet with 12 million. There's barely a town, <laughs> a major city in the United States, but the constant persecution in the Holocaust and all have left the Jewish people only with about 12 million descendants. Of that, two-thirds will die during the Tribulation. So three to four million people who will give their lives to Jesus Christ when he returns to live in the Millennial Kingdom, plus the Gentile believers who will survive as well. So that's an amazingly small number, but it's the faithful remnant that the Lord is always looking for and will protect. Incredible. And Nathan, that's why we, we have to continue to pray for the Jewish people. God has a plan. God loves them. But we need to pray that their eyes will be open. And of course, it's sad to say, but this is a reality. Bible prophecy is being fulfilled. It will be fulfilled. And uh, we cannot ignore that. But just a devastation here is just amazing. And Nathan, that's this is exactly what we talked about. The prophecies in Ezekiel of the regathering of the nation of Israel is so that these portions are going to be fulfilled. They will. They will. I mean, for God, who's outside of time, this is history. When you read quite a number of prophecies in the Bible, they're past tense. Right? God's already done it. He recorded it thousands right? of years ago, but he's already done it because he's outside of time, which is amazing when you think about it. So Jesus' victory isn't just assured. It's already done. It's done. We're just waiting for it where we are in the timeline for it to happen. Excellent point. And you know, Nathan, also uh, another quick thought that comes to my mind is people need to recognize that these events are going to occur in the time of the tribulation. Right, Nate? This is not something that is going to transpire right now where people get the misunderstanding. Correct. Yeah, the, the tribulation is the seven-year time period, the day of the Lord, or the time of Jacob trouble, as Jeremiah 37 says. It is a time where the Lord will widow the Jewish people to a believing remnant and the rest of the world. Excellent point. And this is why, for those of you that are watching, those of you that are maybe tuned in, again, you're tuned in to the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition with Vic Batista and Nathan Jones. And we're looking at Zechariah chapter 13. Some challenging passages there, but nevertheless, the true prophetic word of God. And we hope that what this teaching does is to encourage you, excite you, motivate you, but maybe challenge some of you that don't have a relationship with the Lord to come to Christ now while there's still time. These judgments do not apply to the church. We believe we're going to be gone. We're going to be raptured out. Those who have placed their trust in Jesus Christ. And maybe you haven't given your life over to the Lord. We want to give you an opportunity right now, wherever you are, to turn to Jesus because Jesus is our, our only hope. And Nate, would you be able, maybe in the next minute or so that we have left, share with that person on the other side how they can start their relationship with the Lord from wherever they are? 
Well, it begins with faith. You put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as the Son of God and your Savior. Mm. You give your life over to Him. You pray from your heart something like, Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins and be my Lord and Savior. Mm. He promises that He will forgive you of your sins. He'll give you a new life and He'll give you hope of eternity with Him in heaven. Mm, amen. Thank you so much, Nathan Jones. And maybe those of you that are watching on the other side or listening, you've trusted in Christ. We would love to hear from you. You can blog or post it there on social media. Or you can always call us at 305-992-9537 or 321-363-8463. Listen, we would love to rejoice with you in this wonderful relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you started your relationship with the Lord and you don't have a Bible Call us, get a hold of us, and we'll make sure that we give you guys a free Bible so that you can follow this wonderful relationship uh, with Jesus Christ. So, again, Nathan, what an incredible, fascinating passage. Thank you so much for clarifying for us certain things and for us being able to dialogue on these incredible prophecies. And, Nathan, it's just amazing, right? As we get almost to the close of Zechariah 14, Nate, this is not the end. There's still some more wonderful things to come, right? Oh, yes. We have one more chapter that has got some amazing prophecies in there. I hope nobody misses next week. Absolutely. So, again, we want to thank those of you that have been uh, tuned into the program. This is uh, uh, Vic Batista and Nathan Jones thanking you for being part of the program and hoping that you guys have an incredible week. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. And also, um, we also want to encourage uh, some of you out there that if you're in need of prayer again, Make sure that you get a hold of us. Even if we're off the air, we would love to be able to pray for you. 305-992-9537 is that number. And uh, again, we hope that uh, you were blessed by today's program. And Lord willing, we will see you all next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. May the Lord bless you. Have a great day.